and welcome to The Tree Project, Dorothy Hogg Life and Legacy podcast series. I'm Eva Goring from the Scottish Goldsmiths Trust. This podcast series has been developed to highlight the impact and legacy of the late Dorothy Hogg MBE and her influential time leading the jewellery and silversmithing department at Edinburgh College of Art. The participants in this project were selected by Dorothy alongside her friend and curator Amanda Gain. For more information on this project and all those involved, please head over to our website, www.scottishgoldsmithstrust.org. In this episode, I'm joined by Andrew Lam and Misun Won. Thank you both for joining us. Let's start with introductions and why you chose to study at Edinburgh College of Art and what you do now. My name's Andrew Lam. I studied at Edinburgh College of Art between 1996 and 2000. The first year was a foundation course and I was able to do a five-day elective in the silversmithing and jewellery department. And it was definitely during the walk around, the tours of the studios that I was excited about the prospect of learning new skills and Dorothy's encouragement and Dorothy's enthusiasm rubbed off on me. It was great to be able to learn something completely new, new techniques, new skills. I think, yeah, I owe a lot to Dorothy in that this intervention happened because potentially I would have gone to study graphic design or fine art painting. I tried lots of other things in first year, but it was definitely silversmithing jewellery that was what I was drawn to. I absolutely loved the department. I was able to explore lots of new, different materials. And throughout the four years, I just recall thinking I didn't want it to finish counting down the terms or the semesters. Graduated in 2000. Dorothy was very encouraging, interested in what I was going on to do next, and she pointed out that a good opportunity would be to go to Bishopsland workshops. I went on to do a residency there for one year in South Oxfordshire, and then after that, Dorothy welcomed me back into the department, and I was able to do a one-year art and residency. During that year, Dorothy helped me with my application to the Royal College of Art. I then went on to successfully apply to the Royal College and do two years there between 2002 and 2004. So since graduating from the Royal College of Art, I set up a studio. I'm now based in Glasgow, and I'm a, a lecturer and reader at Glasgow School of Art. My name is Nissan Wan. I'm currently independent jewelry designer maker based in Edinburgh. I came to Edinburgh in 2006 to doing a Master of Design in Jewelry and Silversmithing Department, completing my course in December 2007. And after that, I did a further residency until autumn 2008. And then after that, I, I tried to do lots of shows. So while I'm doing the residency, and Dorothy and the staff in ECA, they helped me to find out the show, what I can do. So I apply as much as the show I can do. So since then, I did a Christmas fair and origin and collect. I'm working as an independent designer jeweler. So Andrew, now thinking back to your time at ECA, what was the kind of ethos there for learning? Were you in there every day at the bench? Were there a particular emphasis on drawing or what can you remember about your time in the department? So when I specialised in silversmithing and jewellery, in second year, I remember my workbench looking out directly onto Edinburgh Castle and Bill Kirk's bench was behind me. I mean, I wanted to be in the department at the workbench, making, learning new skills. I remember Bill, his technical demonstrations, precise working. We did a wire project with Susan May, and that was really key in the development of my work because I'm continuing to specialize in wire. 
obviously Susan Cross as well, her tutoring and inspirational work. And you, Misson, what do you remember from your time on the master's programme? My course was one and a half year, which is quite interesting because most of master course was one year or two year. And I choose ECA, it was quite great decision because I have no idea about studying abroad, even the Edinburgh, things like that. But as soon as I came to Edinburgh and arrived at ECA, I feel like so welcoming from all the people. Because at the time, I'm the only master student in the department, but there is a lot of artists in residency program, so they so welcome me to being part of the group. So that makes me very comfortable to be in the department. My course was only one and a half year, which is, seems very long compared to one year, but I think it was quite short to focus on making I did my BA course already in Korea, so I already know all the basic techniques to make a jewelry. So my course is more focused on creating my own collection. Dorothy trying to show me, because she already know what I've done before, so she trying to show me new material and new technique. She always brings something, Mission, please try this and try this, and you can make this kind of thing. And she encouraged me to do different things. And then she kind of encouraged me to develop the idea more further. At the department, there's teacher Sue and Grant was there. They were so helpful to settle down into the studio. I'm the only one master student at the college, uh, my bench was with other first-year students. I was always into the group with other first-year students or artists in residency people together. So I wasn't feeling that lonely when I did my study. And Misan, coming from Korea, what made you choose Edinburgh and Edinburgh College of Art for your master's? I came to UK with my husband together to do the further master degree. When we researched about the college program, there is kind of limited choices because he wanted to do the study class or I want to do the jewelry department. There's not many art colleges have both subjects. But when I researched about ECA, we feel like it was perfect to coming over here together. As I said, it was quite brave decision because we didn't do any research to coming first year. We only do the internet research. And Andrew, what do you remember from being in the department when you were studying? It's really, really hard to condense my four years plus my one year artisan residence. What I do remember, I mean, I remember the very first project that we worked on. I remember Dorothy encouraging me with new skills. She used to get really stuck in with the teaching and you know, help you with the design, the technical side of things too. And again, that was something that made me want to specialise for a further three years because she was just so encouraging and the enthusiasm of all the staff, you know, Bill, Susan Cross especially, it led to the whole learning experience. Professor Yasuku Hiramatsu came in and gave us a lecture. Misko Yamada came and taught us how to hand raise a self-portrait out of a flat sheet of metal. Again, these things are amazing, and it showed that Dorothy's network, she was able to bring people in. The key things were that led me to develop my own techniques I'm doing now were obviously things like the WIRE project and Susan Cross. 
Dorothy always encouraging us to embrace those happy accidents and the experiments that maybe didn't quite go right, but you could always see the potential in. She also could see what opportunities that would further benefit your studies, such as she encouraged me to apply to lots of places for work experience between my second and third year. If I hadn't got this opportunity, I think my direction for further study might have been different. Adrian Holt let me do a few weeks work experience in his studio. A two or three weeks work experience with Adrian was fantastic. He allowed me to make something in the final week. And I designed a wire dish, I think, because I enjoyed the process of wire work. And I was still a wee bit resistant to being a jeweler, and I wanted to make a silversmithing piece. I designed this bowl. I expected, like at Edinburgh, you could go into the store and pick up some wire of the correct gauge. This wasn't the case at Adrian's. And he gave me a huge sheet of copper thick gauge metal, and we cut strips off this. I was able to draw this down into wire work. And th again, this was a real trigger into my further passion for working in wire. I took this piece back to the department after the summer holidays and immediately Dorothy picked it up and put it on her body rather than it wasn't a, a tabletop piece. She lifted it up and put it on, held it up as a brooch. And she saw that encouraging me to take the path and she could see that this had potential in jewellery. I suppose seeing that I was maybe resistant to being a jeweller. Why do you think you're resistant to being a jeweller? When I went to art school, I had no previous experience of working in jewellery. And I think what drew me to the department initially was the potential for working in new materials and new skills. I think because I, I didn't wear jewellery, I didn't necessarily want to become a jeweller. I, I was interested in fine art and I did sculpture in first year, things like stone carving. And I think I always saw myself working on a larger scale. And despite the fact that a lot of my projects, especially my very first piece I made in the five-day project, was very intricate, drilling very fine holes and perspex and trapping a delicate leaf. Again, I, I still think I was trying to push maybe the scale beyond what I'd done in first year. I'm glad that Dorothy encouraged me in that direction. So yes, it's kind of like she challenged you in a way to see it differently and recognise that you were working in this very minute scale and that was what was exciting you. You said you applied for other places and you did that time with Adrian. Was there any other experiences like that that you had at ECA? I mean, lots of things like we did study trips to London and we'd jump on the 5.30 train in the morning, do a day trip in London, seeing galleries like Leslie Craze. We'd go to Chelsea Craft Fair. We'd visit the V&A. We'd travel all around London before jumping on the 7 o'clock train back home. And that was really inspiring. Dorothy took us in third year to Munich for Inorgenta. And it was a brilliant trip. We visited galleries. We were introduced to curators. We went to tool shops as the shared passion for really good quality tools and being introduced to a whole new area of jewellery. We went to the trade fair, saw a whole new range of work, which often seen in books or gone to the library. It was pre-social media. I didn't even have my first email address until I think my final year at Edinburgh College of Arts. So that gives you a rough date stamp on when I was studying. These experiences were really inspiring. I remember not just visiting the jewellery museums and galleries, they're going to see different exhibitions and taking sketchbooks. We were encouraged to draw and I think I had a disposable camera, which I've still got the roll of film from somewhere. It was an incredibly inspiring time. And Misan, were there any particular visiting lecturers or experiences on the course that have stayed with you? While I did my course, I mentioned that it was quite short time, one and a half year. I was working there very close to Dorsey Hogg and Susan Cross and also Craig McKay, who did a silversmithing teaching. 
the department is quite small, but it's very familiar atmosphere. So whenever I need something to ask them, they're so welcome and they always encourage me to do something. The angel saying that remind me about the Munich trip. I went to the Munich trip with the Dorsey Hall with other third year students. At the time, there's nothing. We don't have the like a Google map on the phone or things like that. She printed out all the information about gallery in Munich and shops and art shop and tour shop and the list of the restaurant we can go together, things like that. So it reminds me like a, like a field trip when I was in the, like high school or middle school with all the students together along with Drusi was in the front and she was like very enthusiastic to show all the things to the students. And some of the third year students, that was their first abroad trip. So some of them was quite frightened on the plane and then Drusi keep telling them, it's okay, it's really fine, everything like that. To keep, keep, keep down all the students was quite funny experience. I feel like she was kind of like a mom that care about all the students together so it was quite a sweet experience spending time with her and other students together so andrew we heard about this time you had with adrian and discovering your love of wire how was that then developed and tell us about your key experiences after you graduated on returning from the summer and doing work experience with adrian in third year you were able to do a second subject a one day a week in another department Dorothy was great because we discussed what I wanted to do and instead of going out into another department I stayed and did my one day a week in silversmithing jewellery but I was able to specialise in wire. Being given that artistic licence and freedom to do that was again very key and it fed into my final year collections and the development of work. So my final collection in 2000 at my degree show was entirely made of metres and metres and metres of wire. Dorothy at one point called me a wireholic and she could see the potential for developing this work further. It was great to be able to go on and have a workshop at Bishop's Land where I could develop things and go on to ex exhibit more work internationally. Dorothy curated numerous shows and I was invited to the 100% Proof exhibitions which toured America. I mean that was a really key opportunity for myself. I had a solo show as well at the Scottish Gallery on graduating and work from that uh, was purchased by the National Museum of Scotland. Really key moments right from the outset. And I think, again, Dorothy, she was instrumental in promoting you, suggesting things that would be good opportunities like applying for competitions or further funding. Museum was talking about how Dorothy was like a second mother almost and looked after us. So that was while a student, but beyond graduation as well, I felt that Dorothy was extremely supportive. She would look out for opportunities. You'd get handwritten notes, postcards sent to you, highlight an opportunity or just to say hi. Uh, and, you know, it was really something that I constantly think, what would Dorothy think of what I'm doing? And it's, you know, she's still there as someone who I feel is kind of looking over my shoulder and trying to be a support. I would think, yeah, what would Dorothy be thinking? Would she be proud? I owe a lot, not only that she got me excited about the subject, but um, the continued support well beyond graduation. That's been something mentioned in our previous interviews as well. Dorothy would identify opportunities that would ideally suit the individual student and well beyond their time of study. You had some really pivotal opportunities early on. I remember that catalogue for 100% Proof and it being so inspiring for those of us studying jewellery in the following years. What did you do after that, Andrew? 
When I returned to do my Arts in Residence at Edinburgh College of Art, I continued to be extremely busy. I had commissions and was developing work from my degree show. But through discussion with Dorothy and other members of staff in the department, they definitely saw that there was a potential for taking the work further. And it was through this encouragement I remember sitting down with Dorothy and having a mock interview for getting into the Royal College of Art. I think it was Susan Cross and Dorothy interviewed me as if they were David Watkins and Michael Rowe. And they supported and encouraged me to go on to develop my practice further at the Royal College of Art. I mean, it was challenging, but it was a really brilliant two years in London and kept in contact with Dorothy throughout. One key commission I had before going to the Royal College of Art was for Wedgwood, and it was to make two pretty large sculptures. And I, I do think back to working with Adrian Hope and working on what I thought was quite large-scale pieces. I worked on two large-scale silver sculptures, about 30 centimetres in height, which was really challenging. Part of that made me think, could I develop my work on a larger scale again when I was at the Royal College? I didn't go up in scale massively, apart from a couple of projects. I then chose to really get engrossed and continue my research into wire techniques and working with bimetallic changing colour techniques. I was making work that came alive and I, and I always think back to Dorothy bringing in her own work. There was a handling session, I think my third year or fourth year, she brought in her spirit level brooches and her bangle with a hundred rings. Thinking back to how important jewellery and the body was and how it, it was important that it became alive. And I think that's something that I've continued to think about in my work. And I'm not using kinetic movement like Dorothy did or sound. I'm playing with the viewer's perceptions and how pieces change visually uh, as they're moved or as they're worn. The role of teaching in my practice has always been quite important. My mother actually was a primary teacher. My dad also, later in his career, a teacher in a medical profession. And I learned at Edinburgh, seeing Dorothy and Sue, how it was possible to develop your own practice alongside teaching. Dorothy very much, her teaching approach, and I suppose being a role model is something that was very key, what she was to me. And initially, Dorothy gave me the opportunity to do some teaching as an artist in residence. I wasn't particularly confident right after graduating, so being given that opportunity and support and some paid work teaching was really, really very key, uh, which I continue to do after graduating from the Royal College of Art, various universities and colleges. And Mason, tell us about your career journey after the master's programme. After I finished my master course, uh, I stayed at ECA as an artist residency. It's the program established by Dorothy to help support new graduates and keep a lively teaching so we can have a workspace. After graduate, it's really hard to find a place to work as an independent juror. So colleagues provide the workplace as well as we can have a teaching experience. So I was able to experience some teaching by myself or with a tutor, like, like a helper in the class. I did that kind of experience and it was very interesting to working as a teacher at the college. I'm more drawn to working in my studio myself than the teaching because I knew that I'm not really good at teaching because I think the teaching ability is kind of another level that I can do. So I'm more into making my own jewelry. My residency program was finished a bit earlier than one year because Dorsey was retired. My residency was finished when she retired. So after that, I was looking for a place for work. And at the time, the tutor, Grant McCaig, he planned to move to London for his uh, master degree at RCA. So he sublet me 
in his studio. So I was quite lucky to have my space as soon as I moved to the college. And then a few years later, Grant decided to stay in London for his work. Now I'm taking over his space as my studio. That's how I started in Edinburgh as a jeweler. I remember one time, I don't remember the name, but because Dorsey has a lot of connection with other gallerists or educational profession, things like that. So I remember there's one lady came to ECA to introduce about the program in Inorganta. So they have a new space for new graduates because taking part of Inorganta is quite expensive to do it. There's a small fee you can apply and they gave me the nice showcase for the new graduate students. So that was my first abroad show as a, it was really good opportunity to show my work abroad in the audience. And then after that, I get lots of information from like Dorothy or Sue or other former graduate students. I finding lots of opportunity like a Goldsmith Fair, and origin, things like that. So I applied. So trying to do as many as show I can because it's kind of new experience for me. Because when I came here to Edinburgh, I didn't think about I'm gonna stay here as a like a artist because back in Korea it's quite difficult to survive as an artist. After study here, I can feel that. There's a lot of opportunity to survive as an artist in UK. So, because there are lots of shows, there's a lot of silversmith, uh, uh, Scottish Gold Trust, or like a Craft Scotland. There's a lot of organization to support the artists, to encourage them to keep their working. That kind of opportunity gave me to stay here for longer. That's how I ended up living and working here. I just suddenly remembered. Misan, I think, was it the first time we properly spoke? Was it at your open studios at Coburg? I think I remember, it must have been shortly after you graduated. I think I was still in London. I just remembered coming to your studio and you had all your work on the wall and it must have been that studio you shared with Grant. Yeah, at the time, all the equipment was belonged to Grant. Yes, I think he just had a lay. I'd, I'd forgotten about that, but yeah. <laughs> I remember. I think I'd seen your work before at your degree show or New Designers, but then it was yeah, really great to see your studio and your work there. So are you still in the same studio? Yeah, same studio. But it looks totally different because at the time, it's like a silversmith studio. is like a dark and everything is very high, even the bench, because ground is tall, but now it's clean and... <laughs> Yeah, so I feel I feel quite lucky that I don't know I didn't worry too much about what I'm going to do next because everything coming next after graduate there is opportunity to do the artist residency. Then when the program finishes, there is a chance to move to the new space, and it gave me to keep working as an artist. Yeah, I feel quite lucky. <laughs> That's why I say it's like. It was a very brave decision to coming to the UK. I felt that it was the right decision to come over here. Lovely to hear your memory there, Andrew, of meeting Misson. It feels like there's a real sense of community or kinship between alumni. In the jewelry department, there is a little staff room alongside of the Dorsey room. 
there's a small room we can have a like tea together after lunch or something like that always had a packed lunch and eating in the staff room with other like a technician or teacher or some of the students we having a tea the room is surrounded lots of postcards from former graduate students so you can see all the different work that's how i recognized andrew's work but also in Dorsey room she has lots of catalog jewelry books as well so i saw lots of catalog and i remember i saw the 100 percent exhibition catalog and there are lots of you know, former eca graduate work i can keep seeing that that's how i know all the jewelers from eca <laughs> Mason, I'd love to hear more about the work that you make and the inspiration behind it. My initial inspiration about buying work is from the Korean patchwork, which composed with a lot of different shape of a shape of scale form become a one big object. So I had the initial idea to bring the small elements put together become a big object. And also I found out the fractal geometry, which explained the complexity form of the nature. So I combined two ideas. So I use like a circle or oval to put all together to make a complex form. So I mainly use silver and gold at the moment to create a jewelry, which is made by one single sheet of metal like silver and gold and hand pierced and then folded them to make a three-dimensional form. So I do make a lot of paper sample like origami to make a lot of different form and make in silver and gold. Before you mentioned the paper, I love the, the paper maquettes and the models. I think they're beautiful as well as the, the finished outcomes. Yeah, I quite enjoy making samples, but it takes a lot of time to do it because my making process is very simple. I don't like a lot of process making the jewelry, so I like all the simple process. I think the making paper sample is somehow very similar to make a jewelry when I make my jewelry. Cutting the paper is more like a piercing with a sole and then like a folded and the metal folding is quite similar process. So I can't enjoy that kind of process. I was going to ask more about uh, my son's process and if that was something you did during your master's. Was, did Dorothy encourage you to make models and develop the work that way or is that something that you brought from previous experience? Yeah, she increased because back in Korea when I did my jewelry, it's more like we drew what we're going to make, things like that. But here in at the ECA, Dorothy and Sue, they in, they increase the student to do more life life drawing or things like that to increase their more creative process, not just making jewelry. I was really amazed by when I look at the student sketchbook because it's full of like a drawing and notes and some paper. They attach lots of picture. So some of the sketchbook like very wide because there are so many things. So that kind of thing gave me like a new way of thinking, not just making actual jewelry. I think about the process is more important. Is that the same for you, Andrew? Do you work directly with the wire or in other materials making maquettes first? A huge part of the course was developing your own portfolio and the sketchbook work through drawing. We spent a lot of time in the museums. We'd go and draw the National Museum of Scotland. 
I would go to Edinburgh Zoo and draw, constantly be researching visually, do experimental drawing, printing. Life drawing was really, really key. John Brown taught us life drawing once a week. Into my final year, again, Dorothy recognised what would be best for my practice. And I, I think she dissuaded me from continuing life drawing because I'd kind of reached a level that she thought was suitable and I could channel my focus into other areas. And she really encouraged, again, it was sketchbook work, but also the reason I was talking about the paperwork, Dorothy encouraged me to do collage and cut paper. I was cutting very thinly and to find strips almost in a wire-like way. My portfolio became quite a three-dimensional exploration of paper, cutting, folding, and experimenting, which definitely enhanced the sort of creative side of things because the designing for me often happened at the bench. Dorothy recognized that as well, but it was important to be expressive in different scales as well because otherwise you can get you're far too focused on maybe the minute scale of things. So yeah, I've, got, I've still got dozens of sketchbooks that I often dip back into. I still find it inspiring to look back. I wish I had more time. You can appreciate more when you look back on your time as a student, how you could spend days sketching. And it's certainly something I, I encourage when I'm teaching, uh, that it's about the whole process, not just about drawing exactly what you want to make. It's about finding something that interests you. And again, Dorothy had that skill in kind of directing you towards an artist or something that would maybe inspire your sketchbook drawing or photography that would feed your work. Thinking about both of your work, you're both renowned for the high quality finish of your work and how it's beautifully made. Your time at ECA, what emphasis was put on the quality of the finished work that you were making? I remember Dorothy, she used to print out tech notes. So I think she would do lots of research, recommend books and things. And I still got Dorothy's handwritten technical notes that she would photocopy and have doodles and sketches that she would pass on to us, you know, about how to make a brooch clasp or how to even just simple things like proper way to get a ring sizing perfect. She would <laughs> painstakingly write down step-by-step instructions of, of how to do things. And again, it was Bill Kirk and Sue would bring in examples of their work. You'd see what they were doing as a good example of how things should be finished, how it should work uh, with the body or how they should function. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think I still have the print out the technical notes. How do you make all the like all different type of catch or brooch pin back, things like that. So she showed that kind of thing. When we go to like Munich trip to visiting gallery, she trying to show all the method. Like she trying to show how people make all the different brooch back, things like that. And also even the catch and me make things and then when she couldn't have the idea right at the moment, she came back later. Oh, she, she has an idea like, or she even make a notes about maybe this kind of thing, maybe you can try. And she suggests that kind of thing is really helpful, I think. Do you ever use those notes yourself now, Andrew? I mean, obviously, Anna and you both are ECA graduates. Does the way Dorothy taught you both inspire how you teach at Glasgow now? Absolutely. There's lots of things. Just from going, we've talked about the Munich study trips. I take students with other colleagues to Munich every year. And there's lots of things that influence the way I teach and how I, I recognise things. Although things are very different from when I was a student, there's different technologies and different ways of gathering research that help students immensely. I think what is key that we encourage students to find things that they're interested in and development in multiple ways before going to the workbench and making the final object and encourage that whole rounded process. Got one of Dorothy's postcards on my pin board above me. It's a series of three spirit level brooches and then two quotes, which Dorothy printed out and gave to me, I think in my final year. One of the quotes is, you can find inspiration in everything. 
If you can't find it, then you're not looking properly by Paul Smith. And there's another one, thinking is questioning, otherwise you're just doing what everybody else is doing. And that is not thinking at all. And that's Vivian West. But those are on my pin board. I've definitely used them when I've been speaking to students before. Uh, so it's, there's, there's, all, there's lots of things there that through Dorothy's and Sue's and the way I've learned is, is feeding into the way I still reflect on uh, how I teach. Misan, you mentioned earlier about Goldsmith's Bear, and I know, Andrew, that you've also exhibited there. Could you speak a little bit about participating in shows and fairs? I remember one year when I did Elements, Dorothy came to look around and she looked at all my pieces and then she still want to give some nice suggestion all the time. Whenever I met her, she always want to give a lot of nice suggestion and then talk about my jewelry and it was kind of lovely. I think the Goldsmith's Fair is the biggest selling event in a year for me. Goldsmith's Fair is a bigger market, so a lot of people coming to see the Goldsmith's Fair from around the world. I went on to exhibit at Goldsmith's Fair after the Royal College of Art and their first time in 2004. I had a couple of years where I haven't done it, but yeah, most years I've exhibited. Yeah, I did my first Goldsmith's Fair in 2009. Did you say you did Origin as well? I did Origin twice. I did at Somerset House a couple of times as well, which is great. And I remember Dorothy coming down one year and she borrowed a necklace of mine so she could she, she couldn't do a bit of promotion for my work, which was <laughs> very kind of her. And I think she even let me, she, she covered my stand briefly so I could go away and get a coffee and things. <laughs> so that was very kind of her. She always trying to support and help, like just even the little things like bring like tea or coffee, things like that, and then just asking how you are doing. I mean, not just for work. She always want to know how I live in Edinburgh because maybe she care about that because I'm not from here. So she worried about just life, just generally here, how I do. And I remember that. And I had an interview at the time before I came to here because my English wasn't really great. It still isn't really great now, but at the time it was so poor. She wanted to make a promise, practice English more before coming over. There was two Korean students, one Korean student and one artist in residency. But whenever she saw me with them together, she said, don't stay together too long because Misa need to practice English. She worried about uh, my English. How did you find the Scottish accent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite tricky. For me now, it's more easy to understand and listen. <laughs> Misa, do you think others have been inspired to come across to Edinburgh and study since they've seen you do that? Well, I got some email about the student because they're looking for a working experience. So one student from ECA, she looking for a work placement. So she came to my studio and spent a week together. And then she helped me produce my work as well as I can teach her what she can do after graduate. And Andrew, how do you find managing the time teaching and also making your work? When I first got the teaching role at Glasgow School of Art, I was just teaching two and a half days a week. And more recently, I'm teaching four and a half days a week. So finding a balance is trickier. I think it's important to keep my own practice going. 
and yeah i do work in the evenings i work weekends i have to sort of find time and again i think back to if dorothy can run a successful jewelry department if she can be a curator she's on multiple committees I do think Dorothy found that balance, that high level of exhibiting her own work in parallel with her teaching and other commitments. It makes me think this is possible. <laughs> so I try my best to find the balance between obviously family and the teaching commitments. I have a studio at home now. I find it easier that I can do an hour here and there, keep that going. What are you working on at the moment? I'm working towards an exhibition at the Scottish Gallery. I have a solo show in November. At the moment, I've just finished a series of three brooches. Yeah, as you said, the keep the right balance is really difficult. Like even you are teaching as well, but I'm I'm full time jeweler, but because most of my life is maybe more focused on making jewelry, but also you have to do everything yourself. For me, example, like all, learn all the aspect of the business, like photography, website, and social media marketing things. So it's taking quite a lot of time. So also you have your own life to keep going, like a family with family things like that. So I think the biggest challenge is like a time to think. It's quite hard to make a new work. Every year, because year is coming quite fast. Yeah, so it's that balance as well. You know, not just the balance of teaching and making. It, I suppose finding that balance between making and developing new things and new experimenting. You know, again, things that were really key. You know, thinking back as a student, how you develop new work, finding the space. As as Mizon said, that thinking time is really quite key. Yeah, I find that it's really hard to focus on just thinking about the work because I'm always busy making things and there are lots of things on the process. I feel like I need more time to do some sketch or maybe make a sample. I was going to say congratulations on the acquisition for the Goldsmiths Company collection recently. Fantastic brooch. Oh, thank you so much. It was really big news for me. Yeah, It's my first collection. Can you tell us about that piece a little bit? I make a series of brooches composed with lots of over and then with, with different structure. So I make them five, six pieces in total in the big size. And recently one of them has become a one of Goldsmith's collection. But this year I'm trying to make a smaller version. I make one small version once before because Scottish Gallery, they want to show mini-sized boats with a lot of different artists. So I make one small one. And then it was quite fun to make a scale down the big ones. So this year I'm planning to make a series of small brooch with the concept. The brooch in the collection, is that in the, I think it's in the Dorothy Hogg showcase? Yeah, actually I got the email from Dora, the curator. She mentioned it that you said to her, I make a really nice paper, paper models. So actually she asked me if I can give some kind of sketch or sample to the, to the companies. Yeah, really wonderful and inspiring to see all those paper samples alongside finished pieces and sketches as part of that Life and Legacy exhibition by the Goldsmiths Company. We'll put a link on our website to the Goldsmiths Company collection pages and the information about that exhibition. Thank you, Misan and Andrew, for joining us for this interview.
Listeners, all the links and further information can be found on the Scottish Goldsmiths Trust website.